You are listening to Big Trouble and Little Podcast. And here are your hosts, Joe Dove and Andy. Welcome to Big Trouble Little Podcast. I am Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. And we are here with our movie podcast where every bi-weekly we pick a movie, we watch it together, and then we discuss it. So here we are with uh, another edition of Big Trouble Little Podcast. If I could get the episode number really quickly, which I'm doing right now as we speak, this is episode 49. Oh, shit. We are one away from the big five zero, and I, and today in the while while I was taking a shower, I was like, we are two months away, uh, and this is because we have two podcasts now, a gaming and a movie podcast. We're two months away from our video game awards that we usually do, and we have three more months because we said we're going to do January of the movie awards because usually movies come out late in december that was my note i just there's there's i mean christmas day they release like 12 fucking movies now i i just i needed time to adjust it mm-hmm. yeah so keep an eye out for some polls that might be coming your way to vote for the winners of the nominees anyway andy what the hell have you been watching i've watched a bunch of movies i have resolved that I spend too much time like decking off on my phone and just like watching YouTube at the computer. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do this thing where I'm watching a bunch of movies and playing a bunch of video games. I, I know it sounds like, oh, you're really enriching your life. But I feel like I'm enriching my life. <laughs> Plus, uh, we'll get into this news-wise later, but I have until November 26th to watch my entire Filmstruck watch list, which is obnoxiously long. So uh, I, I mean, I watched some little stuff. I watched uh, like Rocco's Modern Life. I was watching that. Oh, I watched all of Castlevania season two over the past three days. It's fantastic. Did you watch the first season of Castlevania Netflix anime exclusive? Not series? yet. I'm saving a lot of stuff for a rainy day. Well, it's Halloween, so it's time for for Dracula stuff. But Castlevania is great. I loved it. I rewatched Infinity War. Whatever we've talked about it ad nauseum. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the new Halloween, which How is we're going to double we're going to double back on and talk about that at the end because it looks like you saw it too, or did you watch the original Uncensored? I watched the original. Oh, <laughs> uh, never mind. Well, I saw the new Halloween, and it is way better than it has any right being. It's not as good as the original, but I still highly recommend it. Um, I watched Akiru, which is Japanese for to live. It's a Kurosawa movie from 1952. You'll remember Kurosawa because he did Throne of Blood, the movie we watched right here on the show. Right here in Big Trouble uh, Podcast. Right here. I also watched um, Suspicion, which is now for Hitchcock movie. I watched The Baron of Arizona, which is a Samuel Fuller movie starring um, Vincent Price. But mm-hmm. Vincent Price isn't like a spooky guy. He's, he, 
it's like him in a serious role. And I guess in interviews later in his life, people were like, what's your favorite role? And he would name a few of them, but this role was always one of them. So I watched that on Films Trump. I also watched uh, For All Mankind, which is um, a movie made up entirely of archival footage from NASA about the Apollo missions to the moon. It's really cool. Oh, nice. But I don't know if you want to cherry pick something to talk about. But I watch too much stuff, and I just there it is, laying on that. Um, to quickly, I guess, without spoiling it, I guess, uh, the Halloween movie, um, did it do a better job in, like, all the stuff that they pretty much said doesn't exist is now... I'm glad they did. I'm glad they got rid of, of uh, people kept saying, I liked two, I liked two, they should have kept two, what's wrong with two? Two was good. Two was pretty good, but they didn't want to do that stupid thing where Michael's just trying to kill her because they're related. That That's out the window now. Now Michael is just, he's a force of nature, he's evil. All he's interested in is is killing the people in his past. And they do they do that excellently. His body campus movie is ludicrous. Nice. Uh, the movie the movie's really good, it's facial really well. There's one twist that is the dumbest, stupidest, movie ruinest moment. But otherwise the movie's really good. Nice. Um <laughs> what made you choose Rocco's Modern Life? Um, I, I have that subscription to Verve, and whenever, like in the evening, I'm about to go to bed, so I lay down, and I just need something on, mm-hmm. so I can, like, you know, check my email and Facebook and Twitter for the last time on my phone and screw around and go to bed. Uh, I just, I don't know why I'm just really getting into that show, because when I was a kid, it was just funny, because it's, like, slapsticky nonsense. Yeah. But now that I'm an adult, it's all, like, super relatable stuff. They're all, like... Rocco's trying to do home repairs. Rocco's car doesn't work. Rocco's um, throwing a bachelor party for his friend. It's, it's all like stuff that I do in my adult life. So it's like, I don't know. It's it's double funny because now it's super relatable on top of just being funny anyway. Because you know, it shows if I, heart to heart. So, if I remember yeah, correctly, Rocco is an Australian, right? Yeah, he's a, well, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because I remember this fucking accent. I was like, what kind of accent it was? This is me being like a child. Yeah. Uh, Joe I'm like, what accent is that? They mention it once or twice on the show, but not like every episode or anything. But yeah, he's he's Australian. Mm-hmm. Eh, yeah. I mean, I have nothing else to say about yours, but I mine is kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, so every Halloween, I obviously watch the old Halloween because it's a tradition for me. Um. Then I decided to watch Ernest Scared Stupid, because why not? <laughs> uh, That's my favorite Ernest movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, those movies were hilarious. Uh, I just like the practical uh, effects on some, like the monster to troll thing, and just the costumes that Ernest <laughs> would, would be in. It, it, it was just stupid humor and they made like a ton of movies of that by the way they did they had didn't they have like ernest does like christmas and shit yeah i think that was the first one is ernest saves christmas scared stupid was toward the beginning um ernest joins the army he escaped jail he uh does a bunch of other stuff there's there's like um maybe 10 of those movies or something there's a bunch yeah so i didn't watch this on a streaming thing i actually have the movie so <laughs> popped it in my DVD player and just watched it. 
Uh, and then obviously I like you Rocco's Modern Life turning something on before we go to bed. I usually watch Twilight Zone, so I watched uh, pretty much. I forgot the name of the title. I should know because it's one of my favorite uh, episodes. Is when the Earth is getting hotter, uh, and then you find out like the girl was uh, had a fever, and then the Earth was going away from the sun. And the earth started getting really, really cold. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, the William uh, Shatner, there's something on the wing, something. <laughs> One so, of the most iconic episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes, so that's what I did. And then, obviously, I think we'll segue here to our movie of the week. Trained to, and I always mess this up, Busan or Busan? Busan, I thought. Yeah. So Train to Busan is a Korean zombie flick. And uh It's a pretty high budget affair, apparently. Yeah, and it's it's a simple fucking storyline. Uh kid, uh you have your hardworking father who's always doing work and kinda not on purpose, but ignoring his child and the child uh wants to go back to the mom. Which is in uh, Busan, and pretty much uh, he decides to take her to Busan on a train while a fucking zombie outbreak is happening. Obviously, he doesn't realize it's happening until they're on the train. Yeah, um, which we're gonna jump around and stuff. But did they kind of reveal? And by the way, spoilers: if you got up to this point in the podcast, just remember that we always spoil the movie at this segment. But anyway. Uh, did they kind of reveal that uh, the father was, uh, he worked for the company that made this outbreak happen? Well, no, no, sort of. He is a hedge fund manager. They mentioned that several times. So I have to admit I'm not super knowledgeable on it, but my understanding is, is his company made it possible for the company that did it to do what they did. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell, so he, they, like like the guy on the phone is telling him, "It's like, oh, is this my fault? Did we do this? Oh my god!" So kind of, but not really. I mean, yeah, they give like small small lore on what happened with the outbreak, but the main focus is what's happening on this train the whole time, um, and the char- the supporting characters are pretty funny, especially. Uh, the pregnant wife and the uh, I want to say athletic dude. <laughs> Because he was just like straight up throwing zombies on the ceiling of the train. Oh, the guy in the blue jacket? He's yeah. the best character in the movie. He yeah. is, he is bar none, best thing about that movie. And I was reading about this movie afterwards. I guess this was like a breakout role for him. And now he's like really popular. And he's been in a bunch of movies since. Because he's so great in this movie. This movie, re- and I, I, this movie really felt like a Japanese movie to me. I don't... Maybe because the Asian descent and stuff, but like his character alone, the the guy in a blue jacket felt like a an old uh, Japanese flick. To, to, or, or yeah, I I thought that too. Like a lot of the the character archetypes, he feels like he's like I kept expecting it to be like I used to be part of the yakuza or something. But I mean, they're Korean, so clearly he wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I totally see what you mean. And like and and the the, the high school girl. And a bunch of other characters all fit neatly into what I've seen from Japanese movies. Yeah, and, and it, it had a balance of, like, silliness 
and like seriousness to the point where like you have you know the baseball team on there <laughs> that you know they're all being all like jockey and then one minute later they're all crying because all this uh the zombie stuff is happening and then you have the guy in the blue jacket who's really he he's the comedy of the thing where you know the daughter is going to the bathroom and he's like uh she's gonna be a while the pregnant wife because she's pregnant and um how he's like making fun of her father because he he's taking people's money away and all that oh, stuff. One, of my, one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is uh when the three of them are uh in between cars in the bathroom waiting for another tunnel to come and he's talking about like oh the father's uh it's it's all sacrifice you work so hard and whatever and then at the end he's like did i sound cool that's like one of my favorite parts of the whole movie that is really i, I don't know i i smiled it was funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the emotions in this like movie had me all over the place because one minute i was like oh this is you know over the top kind of shit going on and like that's pretty funny but cool at the same time and then they hit those serious notes where uh at the end where the father becomes a zombie or when the guy in the blue jacket uh dies like you're like no he's my favorite character why do you have to kill him yeah that part pissed me off yeah. i was like really you're gonna kill this character god damn it and then i showed hate kill all the characters though i mean come on. then I, then you felt hatred for that guy who pretty much is being a a fucking jackass and not yeah. not letting people on the the, the train the, the certain part of the train and it it was really like i don't want to say really good because there was some stuff where i was like okay let's move on the story a little bit i i felt the first station that they came at where the supposed military and police were uh i felt like they could have skipped that scene i don't know how you felt that about that well, the whole movie can't take place just on the bullet train, which I kind of acknowledged right away. I, I thought, is this whole movie just going to take place on all these train cars? Because that's cool, but it also kind of sucks. And they, they figured out more than one way around that to get them off the train. Mm-hmm. Um, it's useful for like character development as far as like uh, uh, Blue Jacket saves the daughter. And then like when he's running to the door, he lets him through, which is a reversal from before when he closed the door in his face because the guys were yelling at it. Yeah. Um, this is all stuff they could have done in another setting, sure, but I, I thought it was okay. I mean, again, um, well, not again. I guess for the first time we were talking about this off the air. The, the stunt work in this movie is extremely good, and just doing it on train cars wasn't going to work out they, they wanted to get them into more of an open space and, and have some other stuff happen mm-hmm. so they had to do it somewhere i guess but really i like that scene a lot more than i feel like i uh, no pun intended but it kind of derails the uh <laughs> the action a little bit toward the end when he has to stop the train and he says well i'm gonna go get another locomotive i'll be on the far left track good luck everyone and they kind of each have to get on their own to that to to the locomotive at the end. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that that was I thought the slowest part of the movie is when they're getting off the train and trying to get to the conductor, who it turned out was one of the coolest characters and one of the, the most you know get stuff done in this characters. Except he didn't get to shine till the end. And he dies just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. 
the CGI was a little off at times where you yeah, could, definitely. You could see like, oh, there's a green screen right there. Uh but overall, like I thought the zombies in general, like the there was good makeup and I like how they turned. I like how it was right away. Like usually in zombie flicks, like when you get bitten, it it has like a slow ass turn. Um in this movie Certain people lasted, I want to say, a couple of minutes, uh, and then certain people just turned right away when they got bitten. So, uh, and just how I did they... notice, I did notice people tended to turn quicker if they got bit, like in the neck or something, mm-hmm. and then when it would take longer, they would always be bitten in the hand or the arm. So I chalked it up to the closer to your brain that you're bitten, the quicker you turn. I think. Did you did you think when uh, the father was fighting with that dude on the the last train, um, when he was looking at the the fuck, what is when he threw him off the train, uh, the chain? There we go. Fuck, God damn it, I'm lost of words here. Uh, the chain. Did you think he was gonna take his infected arm and like use use that to like tear off his arm or something like that? I don't know. Um... I think the thought crossed my mind, but he kept on, he, he kept on looking at his hand. I'm like, is he gonna take an axe to it? Is he gonna try to do that? See if he's still alive? But then I'm like, he might just bleed out <laughs> if he does that. Yeah, probably. But um, what do you think of the train getting dragged by like all those herd of zombies? I thought that was a cool scene. I thought that was stupid. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm sorry, but when when it's like dragging the whole like the whole like bunch of the zombies that are hanging on to the back of it, I thought that was dumb. <laughs> and it looked like it was slowing down the train too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was, I and mean, I, I get it, but it's still it was a little like they ran and caught up to the train, but the zombies couldn't, and then they were just dragging. I don't know. It's it's I didn't like it, but that's okay. Yeah. Would you Would you think of? Uh... When they went through the tunnels, like the zombies became like blind in a sense. It was cool. I uh, didn't expect it. They it added another level of complexity to like like every time you have a new zombie franchise or a new zombie movie, mm-hmm. and then this is the same with like vampires or whatever. You you, you kind of get to tweak the rules a little bit, and um, th- those tweaks are what make these movies interesting. I think because everyone knows all zombies. They're undead. Uh, destroy the head or cut, cut the head off or something. Um, they want to eat brains or flesh. Um, they infect people. You know, there's like general rules, but when you add your own little touches, it makes the movie more interesting. And that that was an interesting one. And I'm I'm with you. I agree that the the quick turn that's a really good touch. Um, I, I do like the darkness thing. It doesn't make as much sense. Like they suddenly they're dependent on sound, but whatever. Yeah, I guess. I mean, their eyes are all cloudy, though. I guess it makes dry sight would be garbage. Well, what what throws me off a little bit, um, because they kind of say, "Hey, the next tunnel is going to be like, you know, at least a minute and a half or two minutes long." Uh-huh. And when they go across one of the carts, and I'm like, "This is more than like two minutes." <laughs> like they're they're like crawling on top of the. Uh, where the baggage area is, and I'm like, man, that's pretty long. Uh, that's that's a time killer right there. And you, you got to think maybe 
they found another tunnel that might be a little bit longer, or they just... I would hope and assume, yeah. Yeah, they Hollywood the shit out of it, and it just time doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I the thing, the thing that messed with me is I kept thinking, do these people's phones never die? Yeah, that was another thing. I was like, man, and I think you do see the battery life. Like, it doesn't even move. And I, I like the, the touch where he did the distraction thing where he threw the phone and then called it. And then all the zombies. <laughs> and then he's like, why Why is your uh, ringtone so stupid? And he's like, whatever, it's not stupid. How do I change it? <laughs> <laughs> well, like, he's going to get the phone back. <laughs> yep, that was funny. Yeah. God, he was such a, a likable character. And you, 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 like, you didn't hate the father. Like, you knew he was going to become uh, honorable, I guess, and liked by his daughter near the end because she started fucking crying. Like, that scene was kind of hard, especially yeah. when you knew he was going to die and his daughter knew he was going to die. Like, that was hard hearing her fucking scream and crying like that. Like, I thought that act actress was fucking spot on good. For, I was uh, thinking that the whole movie, that little girl was like one of the best child actors I've seen somehow. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's like the language thing. Maybe if I knew Korean, I'd be like, I mean, she sucks. But for the most part, she seemed to be extremely good. Yeah, she wanders she a lot. Wanders a lot. <laughs> <laughs> tell you that. Yeah, I thought that too. Where, where are you going? Yeah, what do you think of the uh, the sisters, by the way, the old sisters that got split up? Like... I kind of wish they would have like provided more of the story than they get separated and then she's the reason the one sister opened. And it was it was distracting because it seemed pretty clear to me that they were both younger actresses that were in makeup to look older. Yeah. <laughs> like that was like how can the zombie makeup be like fantastic and then your old lady makeup be garbage like that? They probably uh try to audition old some old people even though there were some old people in the film and they're just like we ran out of old people to do <laughs> the, the sister role so uh let's hire some 20 year olds or at least 30. um i'm trying to think what else to like the beginning scene like the whole you know outbreak break uh lore that they were doing like when they would go into a checkpoint it was like oh it's uh it's pretty normal nothing's gonna happen you're you're pretty safe here I'm like, yeah, sure. And then he hits the deer, and the deer becomes a fucking deer zombie. Yeah. I, I was a little disappointed they didn't do more with that, like the fact that it affects animals, too. I've mm. always been really interested, because that's another rule that whenever you make up your own zombie thing, you have to decide, like, does it affect um, uh, fauna as well? But, eh, that's okay, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would have been pretty funny if, like, out of nowhere, like, when they stopped at one of the stations, like, deer zombies came out of nowhere. <laughs> started well, like, it affects only humans and deer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no other animal. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking birds are normal and fucking dogs are normal, but deer's fucking zombies trying to attack you. Um, I, I thought that that beginning scene was, like, okay, and I was, like, I laughed when I saw the, the deer just, you know, twist and turn until he became a fucking zombie yeah i'm like that's that point i was like oh man this might be a little over the top kind of zombie flick but then then it balanced out like yeah shit got really seriously um 
the conductor was cool, obviously. Uh, he was one of the cool characters. And he didn't have a lot of roles either. Like, he was just in the front talking on the radio the whole time. Uh, and then at the end is where he kind of shines a little bit. Where he's like, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, I'm out of nowhere. He's a really interesting character. Or just like a scene. And then he's dead. Mm hmm. The baseball, the baseball team, team. Uh, was pretty cool. I. Did I get this right? The the girl that uh, sat next to that one baseball player. I wish we had names. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we did, they'd all be Korean. And I <laughs> but anyway, like, they were all just like, accept her, accept her. Was she kind of like the, the whore or something? <laughs> or like... No, I, I think I kind of liked this because normally in movies, it's like a guy has a crush on a girl and then through his heroism, she falls for him. It's like the, one of the dumbest, oldest tropes and stories. Mm -hmm. But in this movie, they're like, nah, she likes him and really like her back. But by the end of the movie, he has come around and now they're a couple. I thought, I thought that was clever. And yeah. Unexpected. They had that scene where she turned into a zombie and bit his neck. Kind of had like a romantic side of it, I guess, where they'll both be zombies together. Um... I don't know what is there anything else you want to say about this movie? I I mean it's it's a zombie movie, so it's like there is a lot, but it's it's balanced out by a lot of like really good action and uh, set pieces and stuff in it, and it does that really well. But it doesn't come through in an audio podcast. Uh, I, I recommend the movie, of course. It's super interesting, super fun, and. I don't know. It, it does a lot of stuff with the zombie formula that's unexpected and new. Even even stuff that we didn't write. You've made it this far, and it still sounds interesting. There's a lot of stuff that I can think of that we haven't wrote yet, and still makes the movie work. Mm -hmm. Like the ending, like the the very end where they actually get to Busan, and uh, you know they 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 say, "Oh, we see survivors, but we can't tell if they're infected." And like, "Ah, oh, just kill them." And then out of nowhere, like she, she starts to sing uh, the song that she's sung at school, but never finished. But now she finishes it at uh, Busan, so they don't kill them. Uh, yeah, yeah, we hadn't ruined that yet, but now you have. So. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> the spoiled area, anyway. But yeah, I, I definitely do recommend it. I, I thought it's another zombie film, and I was like this could go easily good or it could go totally wrong and just suck and i was entertained so i do recommend it yeah i had written off zombies completely and over the course of the last i don't know eight years or so i'm sick to death of everything that has to do with zombies i i never liked the walking dead terribly much i hate that every video game has zombies now for zombie mode and there's all these tv shows and movies that have zombies, but they're not using them in creative ways. So I kind of given up. But between the last movie we watched and this, I'm like back on the zombie train, man. No pun intended. <laughs> the zombie train. That should have been the name of the fucking movie. Come <laughs> on, ride that train. And ride it. Uh. Brains, brains. Um, Andy, news that mattered to us. I, I only have one news source. You have about three. So I'm going to let you take away on some of them. 
Um, speaking of movies we've watched on the show, uh, Guillermo del Toro's last movie won the Oscar Best Movie. So now his next project is something that he's always wanted to do, apparently. I, I, that's what I read. Uh, he's going to do a Pinocchio movie, and it's going to be stop motion. And he's doing it for Netflix, so it's going to be direct to Netflix, which is interesting. It's another like high-profile director doing something specifically for a streaming service, which I love. That's what I want. I, uh, going to the theater is fun, but if I can cut that out, then that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a stop motion thing from Guillermo del Toro is going to be like delightfully moody and creepy. I can't wait. Pinocchio is a weird choice though, the story of Pinocchio. I'm sure he'll stick more to like the the weird fucked up roots of it or whatever uh, over the, the Disney one. But a Pinocchio film like Labyrinth. <laughs> that'd be fucking that'd be great. Just make it fucking spooky. But I I just thought that was interesting. I know that you were really with um movie i forgot the name of shape of water shape of water yeah yeah that's, uh, I, that's probably one of the like the top movies that i like that we picked to watch and just del toro in general what i like about del toro is that he does what he wants to do he he's not, he's not the type of person that would go oh you know marvel is paying all this money for to do another uh, avengers film and i'm gonna do that Del Toro wants to do fucking uh, kaijus and uh, monsters and shit. Well, guess what? He's going to do that. <laughs> and he's made comic book movies. He's made two extremely. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, he's all over the place. And he always, he's, he's kind of like, uh, he's like Wes Anderson in a way. It's like when you see a Gamble Del Toro movie, it's like, Del Toro direct this because this seems like a Del Toro movie. Yeah, and he has yeah. his own way of like, his trademark and shit like it's very gritty but it's also delightful in a sense because shape of water like it had its grittiness but at the same time is like there was romantic uh tone to it and like a hat a positive tone and yeah he does a good job of mixing whimsy with like friendness mm-hmm but you know it's gonna be on netflix so obviously i'm gonna take a look at it i mean pinocchio is <laughs> Is not one of my favorite Disney things, but we'll see what happens. Disney didn't write that movie. They, they took it. Yeah, I know. Disney takes everything. Goddamn Monopoly. Um, What about this second uh, link you got here? This was kind of a surprise. Like, when you, when you hear all the players, it starts, oh, okay, I guess that makes sense. That'll make a bunch of money. Um, CBS announced that they're going to do another animated star trek series the only one that has ever existed was of course the spin-off continuation of the original series from the 70s or something i've never watched it but from what i understand it's like a little kooky mm-hmm. but anyway they're, they're doing a new animated series to be written by one of the head writers from rick and morty really? i guess i guess the guy is like a huge star trek nerd they were talking about how his cat's name is Riker, and <laughs> a bunch of this other like hilarious kind of things i guess he pitched some ideas and they were really excited about it so it's going to be comedic and i my favorite part about it is that it's based on just like the engineering crew like a bunch of losers that just the the, all the red shirts it's not about like the best captain and the best ship they're like in the worst ship and they're just the engineering crew so uh i'm looking to i i uh that that's kind of what i wanted is something comedic to come from star trek 
I actually saw some news. Um, it was on IGN, I believe, that the next Star Trek show that they're doing on the CBS Access Access uh, thing is going to be one thousand years in the future or something like that. I had uh, I don't have it in front of me, but anyway, they're doing a lot of shit for Star Trek, and that's uh, pretty good. Besides... Season two of Discovery is coming, and I guess it has to Spock. They're looking for Spock or something to do with Spock because everyone loves Spock. What about um? Little pain or anything? What 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 about you know Captain Kirk? I love Captain Kirk more than Spock. No. I guess they don't. <laughs> I don't know. Spock, Spock has that weird mysticism to him. He's one of those space elves. He's well-spoken and I, I don't know. Those elven people. Yeah, I always like Next Generation more. <laughs> yes, Next yeah. Generation is the best Star Trek. Uh, um, and then I'll let you get your anger out on this story here. I'll let you take Yeah, this, this is just two days old, so the, the wound is still fresh. But um, AT&T is shutting down a bunch of streaming services associated with Warner Brothers and a bunch of other. I mean, you know, there's like three or four huge conglomerations that own everything in the world now. But uh, they're shutting down a couple of other streaming things that I either don't care about or care about. But two days ago, they decided they're shutting down Filmstruck, which is really disappointing. A lot of people are upset about it. It's, it's got a ton of stuff on there that you absolutely cannot find elsewhere. Um, stuff that isn't available on disc or is out of print. It's, it dealt primarily with you know um, classic Hollywood, uh, foreign movies, independent movies, art house stuff. You know, it was, it, I liked it a lot. It was perfect for me. It was still niche. And I guess they never made like a boatload of money, but I, I, I don't know, it's a huge disappointment because I could watch all these $40 criterions on there and pay a ton of money because you can't get it anywhere else. Hopefully, the only good thing that will come out of this is Criterion aligned back up on Hulu or a bunch of people were saying it would be cool if it was one of the add-on channels for Prime, which I could also get behind. But it still sucks that it's going to be by itself and not alongside the the wealth of movies that Turner Classic Movies brought to the table had all the Hammer films on there had a bunch of weird out of left field stuff like uh, uh, David Lynch's stupid Flash cartoons <laughs> and, and they had just added a bunch of old like Felix the Cat black and white cartoons from the late forties like like weird nonsense that really you don't see anywhere else they had a bunch of master classes from like virtuoso musicians from the, the early 20th century and you know weird stuff that didn't really have a home elsewhere and now the film truck's gone it'll well, just be gone well hopefully it gets salvaged by like you said amazon prime or something yeah that'd be great i uh uh both criterion speaking of the criterion channel and people from Filmstruck have already talked about wanting to find somewhere to move stuff to so as far as i can tell criterion's probably already like you know, um, courting suitors, if you will. Yeah, you said uh, that the workers weren't uh, aware of this until last minute. To, to my knowledge, I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's the impression I've gotten from the news stories and tweets I've seen. Is they just kind of said, oh, uh, by the way, uh, you have until November 29th to find a new job. Well, it was funny because I saw your tweet 
uh, like a couple of days ago where you were just like, "Hey, Film Shark, are you gonna go on like PlayStation or something? You gonna?" Yeah, they've been talking about it for two goddamn years. I feel like that would have helped them a lot if they could have just got off their goddamn ass and put the app on PlayStation Four and Xbox One because there was a ton of people on the Reddit always talking about oh, PS Four subscribe. I, I I will, and you know some of them probably wouldn't, but some of them would have. That would have been a great. Boone. I've seen like Filmstruck is twice as old as Verve, for instance, and it's on the it was on the PlayStation Four the first week it came out. They know their audience. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I I wonder if under um how many people have both a PlayStation Four and a love of classic. Maybe. Yeah, I feel like if they put they put it on like a Fire Stick or something, or yeah, that's, that's what I play it off of is Fire Stick. I mean, it was on Fire Stick, Apple TV, stuff like that. Yeah, they they should always branch out into other things so that you have more people who uh, could watch it and stuff because nobody wants to take like Filmstruck and just sit at a computer screen and and watch stuff or something like that. There's yeah, other there's there's other means to do it that way, but it's a shame because I know you liked it a lot, sure and, and I'm sure a lot of other people like Filmstruck. Hey, I I can tell you from the posts I've been reading on Reddit, a lot of other people liked it. A lot of people watched it like religiously. They would watch it like several times a week and stuff. I have to admit I was neglecting it a little bit, which is a shame because I always pay for the annual subscription. But well, I, I have I, I I trimmed the fat a bit, and I've got about thirty three movies on my watch list. And I have the 29th, so there's 31 days. I have 30, I have 32 days to watch 33. Here, I doubt I'll make it. Two a day. (laughs) Some of them are like three hours long. Maybe one a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's, uh, that's hoity toity foreign in our house stuff for you. Um, the final news here, and I know we talked about Joaquin Phoenix's uh, Joker film. Uh, to kind of give a little update, they are going to put the Wayne family in uh, this Joker film. Uh, it's going to have Bruce Wayne. It's going to have Alfred Pennyworth. And I also found out that Alec Baldwin is going to play Thomas Wayne. Really? Wait, wait. Exit. Wait. wait. Wait, hold on a second. What am I waiting for? Brett Cullen is going to play. Oh, what happened was... Alec Baldwin was going to be Thomas Wayne, and then he stopped, and then Brett Cullen... Brett Cullen is, I believe... Oh, shit. You got to read your news sources before we go on the air, boy. No, it's not even that. Just I I remember where he was from. Oh, yeah, he was in The Dark Knight Rises. He was one of the congressmen. And he was also... Oh, yeah, he was on Lost. That's where I remember he's from. Yeah, so he's he's more of a TV show kind of guy. That's why you don't know him. Brett Collin. Anyway, Brett Collin is going to be Thomas Wayne, not Alec Baldwin. Well, I, that's, that's not near as exciting. Mm-hmm. It would have been funny if Alec Baldwin was. Uh... But yeah, it looks like they're gonna put the Wayne family in this, and I I don't know how I feel about it, because yeah, Joker kind of does kill uh Bruce Wayne's parents, but does he though? Because there's like so many different variations on. I mean, they did it in the Burton movie, and now some of the comics have made it that way, but not originally. 
they're still, I don't know if the main comics continue to take that into account. Well, I know Joker was like the Red Hood and pretty much the Red Hood kills the parents. I mean, in some versions of the story, but not all. So I think that's what they're going with this now. I'm just like, I think it would have been cool if we learned about Joker before he kind of put on the makeup or before the accident that happened. And you just learn, and then pretty much near the end, he becomes full-fledged Joker. But I, I don't know. It's still DC, but you know, it's up in the air when it when it comes to like movies from DC now. I still got Aquaman coming out, and I don't know how I feel about that. Well, Warner Brothers is involved, and as I mentioned in the last news story, they suck. So. Even before that, though, like I said, my, my expectations for anything that be as far as movies is incredibly. Yeah, this news article also says other stars set to appear in this film include Robert De Niro. Really? <laughs> Zazie Beetz, Francis Conroy. Now, is this the one that Scorsese is producing? Or is that another? I believe I so, yes. So, so yes. maybe that's why Robert De Niro is going to be in it. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean, the only reason why I'd probably watch this film is because of Joaquin Phoenix, because he's he's a great actor. Other than that, don't really care. <laughs> I don't think we need an origin story for Joker. No, no, we don't need an origin story for any of the most notable comic book characters anymore. Yep, been there, yeah. done that. We know everything. This is, this is 2018. The internet tells everything. Uh, Andy, what's the next movie for uh, the next episode of Big Trouble Little Podcast? Well, you said you wanted to do westerns, so I was poking around Netflix, Amazon Prime. Uh, I've never seen Big Jake, which is the sequel to the original um, John Wayne True Grit, and mm. I wanted to watch it. Have you ever watched? Have you seen Big Jake? No. So okay, good. Have you seen True Grit? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, then this is perfect for others. Yeah, so I, I'm excited. Fucking got John Wayne. This shit's gonna be fucking. <laughs> I almost said off the hook, like I'm fucking '90s in here. Fuck. But anyway, um, yeah, that that's pretty much uh, this episode of Big Trouble Little Podcast. Uh, Andy, you working on any projects lately? I mean, I know this is a movie podcast, but you know, if you're doing any gaming, it'll be cool to. You know, talk about it at the end here. Oh, I just uh still with my Twitch streaming. I do it once in a while. This last week's been kind of busy, so I didn't stream as much. I gotta get on a schedule. I know that. I, I acknowledge it, but the main game I've been playing all week has been on the Switch and I can't stream the Switch, so mm -hmm. I gotta get Starlink. That's my next game I'm probably gonna get. Really? Are you gonna get Starlink? I can't do it. I can't I can't get a toy game. I say as I'm literally holding the <laughs> and I also want to get the new Mega Man because I, I heard it's oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I heard it's good too. Hey, right now there is a there's a sale at uh, Target. A bunch of their Switch bullshit is buy two get one free, and it's included. So maybe take a look. Yeah, I'll check it out. It's only thirty dollars, so might as well. Uh, on that note, make sure to follow us on Podbean, which is btilp.podbean.com. We're also on iTunes, so make sure you check Big Trouble Little Podcast and all our episodes. Both Big Trouble Little Podcast and Escape from SideQuest are on there. 
Make sure to give us a review. Uh, comment to us on Podbean. Tell us if we're doing good or bad, or just talk about the you know the subjects we're talking about or the the um, shit we talk about in the episode. Uh, but yeah, that is the end of the episode, everybody. I hope you have a good uh, week, and it's Halloween in pretty much a couple of days, so eat all the candy you can. Do it. And until next time, you guys have a good night. Thanks for listening.